Hello, this is Douglas Jackson with the Virginia Department of Housing and Community Development. Welcome to the Partners for Better Communities podcast. Today, my guest is Todd Wolford with Downtown Withful Incorporated. We're taking a look at COVID-19 with conversations around the Commonwealth, trying to understand how communities are supporting each other, uh, supporting businesses, uh, supporting residents, and responding to this crisis. Uh, And so we're happy to have Todd with us here today. Whitfield's one of our Virginia Main Street communities, and Todd runs the program there. Welcome, Todd. Hey, Doug. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I was looking forward to having this conversation. I know you're doing some some good things down there, um, and you've been on a great trajectory in in Withful over the last few years. Tell me a little bit about Withful. How, how do you describe the community? Withful is a very supportive community. Um, ever since I've moved back here, it's just been um, very supportive of everything that I've tried to accomplish and I've wanted to be a part of. Um, and the community has really supported you know, our small businesses from the main streets perspective and, and, and the quality of life, I mean, that you have here in Withill, uh, the assets that we have. I mean, we see more and more people that travel here just absolutely love Withill. Uh, they, they, they comment to me all the time that this is the best place ever. And, you know, when I was younger, I didn't necessarily agree with that, but I tend to agree with that now. Um, it's a great place to, to live, raise a family, um, and I'm just fortunate that I'm able to uh, live here and, and, and work here. Okay, you mentioned travelers. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you're situated and how tourism plays a part in your economy. Yeah, so tourism is, is a huge part of our economy. It's 25% of our budget, actually. So, um, you know, we, we lie on interstates 77 and 81. So we have a huge opportunity to capture those folks that are traveling from the north to the south. And we've become naturally known as that stopover point where, where folks will stay. And now they have a reason to come downtown, and we're trying to capture that visitor, and we have partnerships with the outlying hotels. We have roughly you know, 3,500 hotel rooms here, so making that partnership with those hoteliers has been a big deal for us to help people and get these travelers downtown because now we have something to offer for them. You know, we have a lot of things going on, so they're, they're staying more and more often, and we're trying to increase that stay from, you know, rather than just stay here and leave the next day, why don't you stay here an extra night and see, explore the community even further. What do visitors find in downtown Withful when they get there? Well, when they first get here, obviously you'll see, you know, now that we've gone through this, you know, initial streetscape construction, you'll, you'll see a renovated, revitalized downtown uh, that... You know, it's it has the old school look. It has the the historic buildings, and we've had an emphasis on, you know, um, preserving that historic fabric in our downtown. Uh, so you'll see a traditional, um, old school looking downtown, in my opinion, that's kind of been redone with landscaping uh, and and everything that you can infrastructure and things of that sort. But not only that, you'll you'll see thriving businesses. You'll see a sense of community. And you'll you'll see people here are so friendly that they want to they'll just they'll just talk to you, and that throws a lot of people off, especially from from the north. It's like you know everybody's so friendly here, and and that's why they continue to stop back in. But it's a sense of community, I think, is what you'll see more than anything, and I think that really you know attracts people to want to be a part of that. 
How's that sense of community played a role in your revitalization efforts? That's a great question, but it's it's played a huge role. Uh, even from the beginning, when we did some some study groups, uh, and we were we knew we had a vision, we wanted to revitalize our downtown. We wanted the community's input. Um, we wanted them to you know understand our views, understand what we were wanting to do, but we also wanted to hear from them. And I think the trend is we've continued to do that throughout the progress that we've had here is we want the input because we want it. Essentially, what we're doing is for the community. Uh, it's much more than just what we're doing downtown. It's it's for the community. It's for it's for the region, for that matter. So we really value the community's input on everything that we're doing. And I think that's I think that's been a huge role in continuing to have them a part of it and supportive through the process. So, uh, because we couldn't do it without the, the local community and we wouldn't want to do something without their input because we, we want to know what they're, you know, what they want. We don't want them to travel 30 minutes to do something that we could, we could get or offer right here at home. So that's been the goal all along is to, you know, involve the community through subcommittees, through, you know, boards, through whatever it might be, you know, o- open sessions, open discussions. I mean, we always want community input. Yeah, that communication and engagement. From my perspective, you know, watching you at a distance, it really seems to have kind of made the organization Downtown Withville Incorporated a kind of a, a, a trusted community partner and a trusted source of information, uh, which seems critical. Yeah, we've really become that, actually. And I'm sure we'll have a chance to talk about it later. But it's like we're kind of the hub of information. Not that that's what we set out to be, but that's what we've become. You know, we keep our message positive. We have consistent information that the community needs. And we've just kind of become that hub of where you get your information, not only for downtown, but for the community. Since we, you know, let off saying that we're going to talk about COVID-19 and community responses to it, I'm sure folks, when they heard you say, that a quarter of the community's budget comes from tourism. Just get a sense of what kind of hit you're taking now. Um, but before we get to the present day, I want to ask um, a little bit about what happened 70 years ago in the community. 70 years ago, we had a polio epidemic here and, and with, with county, with Ville especially, was one of the hardest hit in the nation. So that, that was quite a feat to overcome. So a lot of things are kind of currently being compared to that situation. So it's very interesting that they, they call that the summer without children. Withville was on total lockdown. You know, my uncle actually had the, the polio and was in the iron lung and, and all that stuff, which we currently have at our museums on display that tells a little bit more of the history. But, you know, tourism at that time, you know, they were telling people not to come to Withville. Don't stop here right now, but come back later type thing. That's a crazy thing to think about that that happened so long ago and we're going through something similar, you know, now. Which makes you think, okay, well, that happened 70 years ago in the 1950s. And certainly, you know, the community bounced back from that. Makes you think about the resilience and and what a hard message that was to put signs up saying, hey, keep keep traveling. Don't, don't stop. You know, Withville has always been a destination and an attracted guest from outside the community. Yeah, yeah, we feel that way even more so now. <clears throat> so it's, you know, being where we are on Interstate 7781, I mean, our proximity is great in capturing that visitor. And now we have even more of a reason to bring him downtown because we have, 
you know, businesses down there that, that, you know, create the experience factor. And, you know, a lot of people want that as they travel now. So, yeah, I mean, we are a resilient bunch here and we kind of, you know, we, I've, I've heard a lot of comparisons to that epidemic to what we're going through now and, you know, how we'll get through and a lot of positive messages. So, so that, that's a good thing uh, to hear. Well, let's talk a little bit about the business community downtown. What kind of, what kind of businesses have opened recently? What kind of long-term businesses are there and, and how do you see them responding now? Yeah. So, um, really in the past three years, I mean, we're, we're, our organization's about four and a half years old, designated, um, Virginia main street community and nationally accredited. Um, but you know, so we're, we're still new in, in the whole scheme of things. And, uh, you know, when we first started, we went, we were thrown right into a streetscape project, which we were kind of in survival mode at that time, at, you know, kind of like we are now, essentially, you know, and after the streetscape and the infrastructure improvements, we got a community business launch grant, which kind of, it was perfect timing, really, kind of a brand new Main Street. Uh, then we got the CBL, which helped us recruit and, and generate new businesses and that was kind of the kickoff, you know. Uh, we were very successful in that program. We landed two full-scale breweries, a uh, bakery, and an art school expansion. And along with all the other businesses that we already had, but those ones that we landed through CBL were really big foot traffic generators in, in the breweries, and they're on both ends of the district, so everything's walkable in between. So we feel really good about, you know, what came out of that program. Of course, we had some existing businesses. Uh, we have the uh, Bowling Wilson Hotel here and the Grayson Main restaurant with that. That was a lot of the catalyst in the early days, you know, in 2014 or so, that kind of kicked off this emphasis on Main Street. So, and then, then we were able to recruit uh, Moondog Pizza, and, and it kind of stemmed from there. We have a lot of sustainable, we have a jewelry store now, and Skeeter's World Famous Hot Dogs, which has been here forever. So we, we have a great mix of business here. As of two months ago, we felt really good about the way things were going. You know, each summer with the numbers that we generate and we record, our numbers just kept getting better and better. And this summer was not going to be any different because this was the first true summer of the two new breweries in downtown with the outdoor spaces and and the experience factors that everybody's trying to create downtown. So we were really, really looking forward to that. And uh, we were really throwing a curveball here with with this COVID-19. So... We're just trying to survive at this point, really. Well, let's talk a little bit about that survival. Um, how have the businesses responded? How's downtown Whitville working to support the businesses? Yeah, so, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it's like we've kind of become the hub of information just because we we, we always put out consistent messaging. And um, so a lot of people were looking to our organization community-wide kind of like, what are you going to do? What's your response? You know, how are you going to do this? So that was a lot of pressure, to be honest with you. It's like, so we were doing our research because there was so much stuff coming out, like grants here, loans here, SBA, and all this stuff. And it's like, it's overwhelming. It's like, so I think it would be irresponsible to just simply just share that without knowing the knowledge of the program that you're sharing with your small businesses. So we... Our organization created what we call Support Local Safely on our website, and it was it was essentially a page off of our website that talked about everything that encompasses how to support local uh, from home safely uh, with the social distancing aspects of things that are going on. 
So we put a list of things together, researching community, you know, nationwide what other communities are doing. And we took it upon ourselves to understand what these loans mean, what are these grants, and how can we help our small businesses apply for those or understand those better. So for us, we had to understand them. We had to do our research because we don't want to share something with somebody that, you know, a year or so down the line is just going to, you know, hurt them even more with even having to pay back these loans that are supposed to be forgivable or things like that. So we want to understand. We have banking partners as well that are willing to work with us uh, and work with some of our small businesses to help them better understand it. So that's kind of what our role has been. Uh, and we actually created a loan program with, with some of DHCD's help that I can talk about later if we have a chance to get to it. But that's our role. You know, that's our role for the community is, is we've got to help these people survive. Uh, through this process and you know we've we've done it and you know we've done it through not only the polio which is way before my time but through the streetscape that we just had I mean that basically prevented people from coming downtown and and we helped them survive at that point and now two and a half three years later here we are with this we're kind of in survival mode again so you know we're going to react and we're going to react positively and we're going to make positive impacts and changes and we're working very closely with local government to do that so uh, they trust us i mean they're, they're they're trusting us to be that you know partner to to be on the ground and see this through so that's what we're going to do that's a great reference point to look back at the streetscape improvement process which really does you know in the short run, heard of, heard of downtown um, in, in Libidum. And uh, during that process, it sounds like, you know, you built the, the civic muscle and that's what you're employing now. Let, let's talk a little bit first about the, the, the federal loans, the SBA loans. At this point, we had the first round. Um, the SBA just released the second round. Do you have a sense of how successful your businesses were in that, in that first round? Well, yeah, I do have a sense. They weren't very successful at all, to be honest with you. And that, that's the frustrating thing that, that we're hearing from our businesses. You know, here, here we are sharing this information and soliciting our banking partners to help people. And maybe one, one business received it. So that, that was frustrating for the, for, the business, for the businesses. And now the second stimulus round, you know, as of yesterday, that was unveiled for the uh, or kicked off for the uh, second part of the funding that was just approved well the sba website crashed yesterday so so we're we're keeping up with all that and not only for business you know we didn't look at this from an organizational standpoint as well yeah i don't know if you want to get into this but organizations you know funding is always on the table for organizations like main streets and that's unfortunate because we're the people that are on the ground and dare i say getting the most done uh, essentially that, you know, working as liaisons through the local government, through the main street to have direct communication with business property owners, which is what we've done so successfully here and kind of been celebrated on our partnership with local government here. But I can tell you that organizations, we talk about small businesses, but we got to have organizations like ours there to support these small businesses. So, you know, like I said, funding is always on the table for main street organizations and or others like ours. So I think we got to really... Th- Think about, you know, organizational sustainability and what that looks like for the future. Yeah, it seems like it's foremost in your mind that you're, you're there to, to, you know, create a strong downtown. The businesses are what make that a, a strong place, um, those, that, that private investment. Um, and you're working hard to be a partner 
with them. And it seems like you're a, you know, you're a big muscle group in that civic in- infrastructure. And yeah, you've got to apply for the federal loans, take advantage of what's out there. But you also have to control what you can control and build your own programs. So let's talk a little bit about that loan fund that you've put together. Yeah. So um, early on, um, we're just very fortunate that the Department of Housing Community Development was able to take some of their grant funding and kind of reallocate it to um, help small business sustainability support. Uh, So early on, you know, we were trying to figure out what that looked like. Um, I went as far as creating a loan program, micro loan program template and kind of sent that back and forth with some DHCD staff uh, to kind of give them an idea of what we wanted to do here. Um, and, you know, our micro loan program was was $2,000, uh, up to $2,000 loans, 0% interest for two years. You know, that's not a save all, but that is a nice gesture that that will get a true small business through a couple months of rent um, is kind of the way we were looking at it. So, we pitched the idea and, uh, you know, obviously DHCD liked it and we, we've got some initial funding from them on our end. But I started to think, you know, what does this look like if we're just only supporting downtown businesses? I mean, yeah, that's a great thing for our organization, but what does it look like to the overall community and who we've solicited information from and they've been a part of everything we're doing? So that at that time, I reached out to our local chamber of commerce uh, in our in our local joint IDA, Joint Industrial Development Authority, and said, you know, why don't you guys consider matching our money? You know, we'll put in 20 if, if each of the other organizations can put in 20. So long story short, um, that created a $60,000 loan pool uh, very, very quickly. Um, so that's kind of what we're doing now. We have $60,000 to loan out. Um, emer- emergency type loans, micro loans. But... Uh, that kicked off last week and uh, we have seven out already. So we feel really good about that. And these people have the money. It's a 48 hour turnaround. That's what we, we put our time frame. We, we said, you know, we're going to get these applications and we're going to review them. We're going to have money in their hands in 48 hours, no longer than 48 hours. So. And now that you have that, that structure in place, um, replenishing that, if that money goes out really quickly, you should be able to replenish that through some sources as well. Yeah, we're working with uh, the USDA program currently right now. Uh, we're looking to do a revolving loan fund, and we've applied for that. And, and that could certainly replenish it, but we also, one of our partners currently has the revolving loan fund, and uh, that that can replenish the money. And, and USDA has been very supportive in uh, our initiative at the 0% interest for two years, so they're willing to do that on federal level. So we feel good about that. And um you know, they've been excellent to work with. I think everybody has been great to work with because we're trying to figure out ways that we can help. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, we're, we're on the ground floor of this as an organization. So, you know, these people are coming to us. We, we've been the, the, we've been the go-to program um, for quite some time now. And it's very disheartening when you don't have the answer. I, I like to have the answer for people, but when, when businesses are coming to you asking what can I do? What should I do? That's a that's a very tough thing when I don't have that answer. So, you know, I'm doing everything I can to try to support these people, uh, these business owners and property owners. But when they're asking you for the answers, I mean, that's that's a tough thing. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're trying to provide the answers, but I don't have all the answers is, is the challenging thing for me. Yeah. And that's part of the faith of 
taking on a position like that, working in a downtown and revitalization in itself. And it, there is no real formula for it. Uh, you've got to be willing to learn alongside investors and property owners. Um, and and it's, it's taking a risk. But if people don't take the risk now when we need it most in order to help each other out, learn together, uh, then we don't we do, we don't have that resiliency we need it this is this is part of that resiliency uh, yeah so it's it's a it's a real fine line you know we want to you know our thing is we we control our message we keep everything we do positive and and you know we still try to do that but but there's a lot of negative negative things going on right now and people are needing answers and people are needing solutions to problems and you know and 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 we're trying to you know we're trying to be that you know it's 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 a lot of stress associated with this. It's a lot of stress associated with the position anyway, and a lot of pressure. But really, now it's like, how are we going to respond? How are we going to react? And how are we going to be the lead organization in facilitating that? You know what? You know that so many people are relying on us is the, the pressure. You know, it's what I signed up for, and it's what I, I, I tend to thrive in at times. But it's behind the scenes, it's pretty stressful to have to deal with. Let me ask you about that. How do you personally manage stress? And then I know you've got some real active board members who take a lot of this on as well. If you have any tips you can pass along from them too. Yeah. So personally, how I handle stress is, is, is so different right now because my, my work capacity is different. You know, I'm working from home some, uh, my routine is totally changed up, uh, so I'm starting to kind of get in the groove, but the thing, you know, when everybody thinks about working from home, it sounds really cool, you know, but for me, I'm never not working. You know, it's my computer's always open. When the email chimes in, I'm going to check it. It doesn't matter what time it is. I'm taking the phone call. Uh, it's, it's just, it's different. And, and so that, that has been a change for me uh, and created a little additional stress. But for me personally, you know, I have to say, I have to have an active lifestyle. I have to get outdoors when I can. I have to try to get my mind off the position and off the job to a certain extent where I can, you know, just have a little bit of um, time to myself, essentially. Because even when I go out in the community, it's like people want to talk about work. You're, you're never not working in this position. I, I don't care. I don't care what you, what anyone says. So, you know, personally, it's just trying to trying to deal and cope with the situation. And it is what it is. But just trying to stay active and exercise and eat healthy and, you know, try to keep a positive mindset. Uh, I've been doing a lot of um, reading on, you know, mental toughness, mindset type stuff. Uh, meditation, uh, that, that helps me some. Um, so that's personally, that's kind of how I'm dealing with it and how I would deal with it normally. Um, but, you know, the thing with the board is, is, you know, trying to keep them engaged with what we're doing. Uh, trying to keep them essentially as cheerleaders for the organization, for the business uh, community, and, and having them check in on a regular basis. Um, so it's not just my face all the time. It's, it's, it's other people that are checking in, which, which I think is important. But engaging the board right now is, I think, is a challenge for all organizations too because, you know, normally we know what the boards need to be doing, but it's like, what is their role right now, you know? Because they're they're they themselves are trying to survive personally and and uh, through their jobs as well. So what is you know trying to figure out what their role is right now is can be a challenge as well. But definitely cheerleader of the organization and you know supporting small business and 
sharing everything we do through social media is a big deal. Um, I do want to step back very briefly and just mention on the revolving loan fund. And, you know, a lot of communities have these revolving loan funds. Uh, we set a lot of them up with them when they're doing downtown revitalization processes um, through the community development block grant program. Um, communities can fund a revolving loan fund. So I want to put that in folks' mind that they might want to take another look at that. Uh, we've got plenty of resources uh, through the Virginia Main Street th- program, um, through the Community Devel- Development Block Grant program. We've got models from communities around the state. And we, we'll have an infusion of, of resources through the CARES Act, um, in addition to the $6.5 million now that uh, we're using through the Community Development Block Grant Fund to address urgent need. So I'll, I'll mention that um, as a little commercial plug. And then I'll close up our conversation with just a, you know, a sense of optimism and ask you, Todd, I know you're really optimistic and by nature and you're, and you're, you're working hard uh, there in the community. What gives you the most hope for a strong recovery out of this? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think just knowing how, how tight-knit our community is and how supportive uh, that the organizations are, uh, because when we all, you know, we have a hashtag together, we are better. Um, we have a, our local CVB has a hashtag with Phil strong and we've really gotten behind, you know, that and what that encompasses those words mean. And, and we see a lot of people that are, uh, commu- in the community that are just really pushing that. And, you know, our, our local businesses have, have reverted to curbside pickup, takeout, you know, they've essentially had to change their whole business model in a, in a sense of two months, month and a half. So, you know, they're, they're, the stress that they're having to, to deal with, the least we could do as a community is try to support them as best as we can. So I've really seen a lot of people sharing uh, the takeout menus, the curbside pickup. And it's it's really been, it's just really made me feel good because sometimes you wonder, do the locals really support like you think they should? And, and we've often talked about that. But I have really, really seen them step up through this, you know, this COVID-19 pandemic that, you know, they're really supporting now. And I think what this is going to do for us in the future is make them understand, you know, we can talk about it all the time, support local, support small. And it's kind of like the buzzword, you know, but I think really now more than ever, it's really hit home to people like, okay, if I don't support these people, they're not going to be here. And, um, so I think really those those terms have become have really hit home with a lot of people, and uh, we're seeing it more and more, and it's very rewarding to to see uh, these people, you know, come out and support you know these takeouts and these curbside services, and it's uh, I really think it's what's going to help us survive and help us sustain for the future. Is these people are so much more conscious about what those words truly mean now. And then, Todd, if folks want to learn more about your organization, what's the website they should go to? Yeah, uh, downtownwithfield.org. Check us out there or uh, at Downtown Withfield on Facebook uh, is a great place to check us out, too. Great. Well, thanks a lot, Todd Wolford with Downtown Withfield Incorporated for spending some time with us today on the Partners for Better Communities podcast. <laughs>